0: Because your city council made that decision. It was a local decision. So that's where
1: the federal government must step in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights
2: Act. Since launching his campaign, I've discussed how Joe Biden's support is weak. It's essentially made up of nostalgia and name recognition. So going into the first debate, there was a chance here for somebody to strike Joe Biden and potentially take some of his support. Now, there were uh, at least... A few different candidates that that took shots at Joe Biden, but the one that really landed was from Kamala Harris. So I'm going to have two clips uh, to show you here. The first is uh, the beginning of this exchange.
1: In this campaign, we've also heard, and I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden. Um, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you, when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. Mm -hmm. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful, to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools, and she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly. As Attorney General of California, I was very proud to put in place a a requirement that all my special agents would wear body cameras and keep those cameras on. (laughs) Senator Harris, thank you.
2: All right. Now, this is just the first half of the exchange. I thought Kamala Harris did a fantastic job here, but the second half is more devastating for Joe Biden. But before I get there, let's first off... uh, recognized the risk that Kamala Harris took here. So she could have sort of sat back, maybe even tried to buddy up with Joe Biden, maybe even try to be his VP, potentially. But instead, she decided to attack. She realized that Joe Biden's support is weak, that his support continues dropping in the polls. There is no reason to try to buddy up with him when it's very likely that Joe Biden is not going to last that much longer. So she dealt The Fatal Blow. And actually, The Fatal Blow (laughs) comes in the next clip. But um, Kamala Harris here. So look, she did a great job going after Joe Biden. But if you're more educated on her record, you wouldn't fall for this as much as most people are. So as this tweet points out, fact check. Kamala Harris, who just said, quote, we have to have body cameras, and they have to keep them on, opposed statewide police officer body cameras just a few years ago what changed? So this is the issue when you have moderators that are not educated on these candidates' records, or even, look, we could put this up to other candidates on stage, and their unwillingness to either know her record uh, or just their fear of going after Kamala Harris. But she has weaknesses, and it wasn't exploited here. That nobody else, the moderators didn't ask her one tough question about her record. So there's a problem there. Kamala Harris, I think, clearly won this debate in terms of the way the public will perceive this debate. I think she will gain the most out of anybody on that stage. But part of the reason is because she was not challenged. So when you have a debate where you are being unchallenged and you are going after the leader in the race, and completely destroying him, as she did here, then, yeah, you're going to have a good debate. Uh, And on top of that, her answer here was actually only supposed to be 30 seconds. So they have debate rules where questions that are directly asked to you are 60 seconds and responses are 30 seconds. This was supposed to be a 30-second response, and Kamala Harris spoke for two minutes. She was, uh, look, from... uh, uh, I should watch it again. But from what I saw, from what I recognized, she was the only one on stage that was able to skirt the rules like that. I didn't see anybody else get away with that. So understand that Kamala Harris won this debate, but it's because of a variety of factors. Her not being challenged, her willing to challenge Joe Biden, and her being able to break the rules during this debate and get away with it. Next up, though, This is the real devastating blow to uh, Joe Biden. This exchange, I think, potentially destroyed his campaign.
0: In terms of busing, the busing, I never, you would have been able to go to school the same exact way because it was a local decision made by your city council. That's fine. That's one of the things I argued for, that we should not be, we should be breaking down these lines. But so the bottom line here is, look,
1: in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of have all people. I
0: supported the okay, ERA from the very beginning sec- when I, I ran will the... Vice President Biden, 30 seconds, because I want to bring know. other people reported, into this. I supported I the ERA in. from the very beginning. I'm the guy that extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. We got to the place where we got 98 out of 98 votes in the United States Senate doing it. I've also argued very strongly that we, in fact, deal with the notion of denying people access to the ballot box. I agree that everybody wants, they, in fact, they sh- anyway, my time's up, I'm sorry. Thank you, Vice President.
2: Yes, Biden, your time is definitely up. I think this is the beginning of the end of Joe Biden's campaign. Kamala Harris dealt the fatal blow here. I mean, <laughs> she put Biden in the position where he was actually defending states' rights on segregationist policy. Just totally insane. I mean, Kamala Harris brings up the Equal Rights Amendment, the voting rights, uh, civil rights. You need to work above the states when it comes to equal rights. So this idea that Biden is defending himself by saying, oh, it's okay, we just allowed the states to... to, uh," Or My position was that the states get to decide how to (laughs) to segregate or not segregate people. I, I just don't... Look, it's very possible Biden continues keeping his older white supporters. But Biden, based on the polling, had also a lot of uh, black supporters, Latino supporters. So I think that's going to drop off after this. And I think if there was, I don't know, potentially anybody younger supporting Joe Biden, I think that support is also going to drop off. Joe Biden is not going to last. As I predicted when he first launched his campaign, once the debates start, you're going to see a noticeable drop-off of Joe Biden's uh, poll numbers. And I think that starts today.
3: I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and sir, love will win.
2: All right, so debate night two has come and gone, and it's time to break it down. So here are the candidates that were on stage last night. Author and speaker Marianne Williamson, former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, entrepreneur Andrew Yang, South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, former Vice President Joe Biden, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, California Senator Kamala Harris, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett, and California Representative Eric Swalwell. Now, as I discussed in my video on debate night one, the way I rank this is through losers, people that maintain, so maintainers and winners. Now, The way I judge that is based on how I think the general public will receive them. So if I think their performance hurt them, then I think they're going to be in the loser column. If I think it didn't hurt or help them, then they're going to be in the maintainers column. If I think that this uh, debate helped them, then they're going to be in the winners column. So let's get started. The losers. The biggest loser, I think, was obvious to me. I mean, there are a lot of losers. (laughs) I'm <laughs> looking at the list right now. but let's start with uh, the one that was utterly wrecked by Kamala Harris Joe Biden. So Joe Biden actually, I thought started off a lot stronger than I thought he would. and I was a little bit worried in the first uh, 10 or 20 minutes or so. Uh, there is even a moment where uh, Eric Swalwell tried to go after Biden talking about how it's time to pass the torch to the younger generation. It was a stupid line and it backfired because that actually made Biden look good. Biden came back with a good response. And I thought Biden was going to have a good night until Kamala Harris came in and wrecked him. So once that happened, I have a separate video on that so you can watch that whole breakdown. Once that happened, uh, I don't think Joe Biden was able to recover. And even from leaks out of his campaign, apparently his campaign was freaking out too. So there's a really good chance that uh, this is going to be the beginning of the end for Joe Biden's campaign. He's already had a big uh, fundraiser in San Francisco drop him, and that just could be the the start of more to come. The next big loser, John Hickenlooper. So John Hickenlooper is essentially the Lincoln Chafee of this race. Every time he talked, I just could not stand it. <laughs> I mean, there were actually a few candidates like that on stage. But it's a guy you just tune out to. He just seemed like he was so out of his element. Uh, John Hickenlooper is, you know, very old school in terms of old school, like mid-90s Democrat. Old ideas, doesn't offer anything different, doesn't offer anything new, completely boring, doesn't have the confidence to be able to uh, get over his lack of substance. So John Hickenlooper, a loser here. I don't see him lasting much longer in this race. The next big loser, Eric Swalwell. Now, this one you could say is debatable, because Eric Swalwell, I think a lot of people don't really know Eric Swalwell at all, so just him being on the stage, you could say maybe he's gained, or at least maintained his support, but he interrupted so much to the point that it was annoying. I I don't see this debate really helping uh, Eric Swalwell. He only had one good moment, and that's when he uh, hit Buttigieg, when he said, uh, or he suggested Buttigieg fire the police chief, and I accept if the, if responsibility camera, for that because on I'm and that in charge.
0: Policy: You should fire the chief.
4: So under Indiana law, this will be investigated, and there will be accountability for the officer involved. But you're
0: the mayor; you should fire the chief if that's the policy, and someone died.
3: All of these issues are extremely important.
2: That was maybe Swalwell's only solid moment. You could see the look on Pete Buttigieg's face; he was not happy. And he was only saved by Marion Williamson jumping into the conversation. Uh, But otherwise, Eric Swalwell, largely forgettable. I don't think he'll be in this race that much longer. Next up in the loser category, Andrew Yang. So I had a a prediction here that Andrew Yang would be a winner because I think he would stand out. Because he's a businessman, because he... uh, clearly stands out amongst the stage, both in terms of him being Asian and in terms of the fact that he's a businessman. So I thought he would stand out. And the idea of UBI is unique, even though I don't agree with the way that he wants to implement it. It's still a unique idea, but Andrew Yang had like three minutes of screen time. And even when he had screen time, he didn't utilize it. I mean, he did not, he he didn't come off strong. He came off like he was also out of place on stage. So, uh, the points he made just didn't land, he didn't show any real fight, and he just didn't overall stand out, and he needed to stand out here. So Andrew Yang, I think, is a loser in this debate. Uh, The next and last loser in this debate before I get to the maintainers, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett had way too much screen time. I swear, it was like every other question, they were starting with Michael Bennett. Maybe, (laughs) I mean, maybe it's just, My perception of the debate, because uh, every time Michael Bennett spoke, it felt like he took forever to finish. So to me, it felt like he had a lot of screen time because I just could not stand him. But um, again, totally forgettable. I mean, in terms of his answers, he had, like Swalwell, he had one good moment. So let me show you that. This is when he was going after uh, Joe Biden in making the Bush tax cuts permanent.
4: Sometimes you do have to beat him, but the deal that he talked about with Mitch McConnell was a complete victory for the Tea Party. It extended the Bush tax cuts permanently. The Democratic Party had been running against that for 10 years. We lost that economic argument, because that deal extended almost all those Bush tax cuts permanently and put in place the mindless cuts okay. that we still are dealing with today that are called the sequester that was a great deal for mitch mcconnell it was oh, a terrible no. deal for <laughs> Thank you, Senator.
2: so that was a shockingly good moment but as you can tell from that clip it almost looked like michael bennett was drunk the entire time it's likely that's just how he speaks so i don't want to you know harp on that too much if that's just who he is uh, but that's how it came off to me. He just uh, it seemed kind of awkward. Uh, he didn't really stand out, doesn't have plans that stand out, doesn't really offer much of anything, at least anything different than anybody else does. Again, Michael Bennett is somebody, I don't know why he's in this race, but I am glad that he landed that uh, that line there on, uh, on Joe Biden. All right. So those were the losers. Let's get to the maintainers. Now, this one is super debatable. (laughs) I feel like a lot of you will say, what are you doing? She was a loser. But Marianne Williamson, I think, is a maintainer. I don't think she lost or gained here. I think she just maintained. So Marianne Williamson uh, was the only candidate on stage to mention reparations, which I think uh, helped her. Uh, She is, of course, a spiritual uh, advisor to Oprah Winfrey. So she's unique, very unique. Uh, which I think helped her in, in in many ways. I mean her answers were very different than most of the other candidates on stage for good or bad I mean you could you could attack her on uh, and just say she 's kooky whatever why is she here? but I like that there is somebody on stage that almost makes the left wing look like the center so when you have a spiritual advisor like Marion Williamson on stage, it makes Bernie appear more palatable to more people so i think in that sense marianne williamson actually helped the conversation um and uh uh, she had some weird some weird answers the weirdest answer was uh when she was asked what her first order of business would be she said it would be to call new zealand
3: my first call is to prime minister of new zealand who said that her goal is to make New Zealand the place where it's the best place in the world for a child to grow up. And I will tell her girlfriend you are so on, because the United States of America is going to be the best place in the world for a child to grow up. Uh,
2: I saw a a post-debate interview with her afterwards on ABC where she admitted that that was just her nervousness. It was was the wrong answer. Um, So, fair enough. I mean, at least... The thing with Marion Williamson, she has she has self-awareness. I mean, you see that in interviews with her. If she doesn't do well or she uh, she has a position that maybe a lot of people don't agree with. she she's able to be self-aware enough to realize that, yeah, she may have made a mistake or maybe out of step with a lot of people. And I think that's a strong quality to have. A lot more politicians need to have self-awareness. Most don't. So she has benefits in that sense. Um, she had an answer here that some people hated, a lot of people hated, but I liked it. <laughs> I liked it because it was different. Uh, but she was asked about how she would, uh, or she, she mentioned how she would fight Trump and it would be fighting Trump's hate with love.
3: I have an idea about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to be beaten just by insider politics talk. He's not going to be beaten just by somebody who has plans. He's going to be beaten by somebody who has an idea what this man has done. This man has reached into the psyche of the American people, and he has harnessed fear for political purposes. So, Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, and only love can cast that out. So I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field. And, sir, love will
2: win. So, look, I love that answer. And I realize I'm crazy. I know most of you don't agree with me. But I like it because it's different. This is somebody who is just... This is a different person. So, look, if you're talking about running for president, clearly... Marianne Williamson is not going to be president, but I like what she offers the debate stage. I like that she has something different, something unique, that she's very positive, very empathetic, that she talks about love like this. I think that's important. So she was sort of the the moral center in a way (laughs) of this debate. But that said, yeah, she's too kooky for most people. But because she has Strong policies. I mean, she signed on to TYT's uh, progressive pledge, supporting all the big progressive policies, and she is different. I think she was able to um, maintain her support, uh, though she's not going to be in the race much longer. Let's just be serious. Now, the next maintainer, Pete Buttigieg. So Pete Buttigieg was competent enough, but th- like this is this is one of those people where. I have to really remove myself when I'm judging these candidates because he is somebody I would put in the loser category because I could not stand him. I just, he's so fake to me. He's very prepared. He's like a typical politician. I don't think he's honest about really anything. I don't really know where he stands anywhere because he is so bought and paid for. So I didn't care for any of his answers. But that said, he delivered them well. And I think for a lot of people, he's convincing enough that if you like people to judge for whatever reason, you will continue to like him. So I think he maintained his support, but I don't think he did anything in particular to really stand out and, uh, and gain more support. The next maintainer, this one is also a tough one for me, Kirsten Gillibrand. So Kirsten Gillibrand, again, if this is me, just based on my opinions, total loser, but she... I think because she was fierce in the debate, she was uh, she was riled up. she was uh, I mean, she had a lot of energy. I think that helped her. So if you uh, helped her in the sense that it maintained what she has. So I don't think, uh, again, she's not going to gain support from this debate, but I think she'll be able to maintain what she has. Her answers to me are just so phony. I mean, she talked about campaign finance reform, like, She is anybody to be talking about this issue. She's having private fundraisers in this campaign. Yeah, she's talking about campaign finance reform, like she's Bernie Sanders. Get the hell out of here. So, I mean, that completely turned me off. But again, if you don't know her that well, if you didn't get into the details and she wasn't challenged on her history there, then you may still like her if you liked her before. So I think she'll maintain. But again, I don't think she's going to be a finalist in this uh, in this election. All right. The next maintainer and the last maintainer, this one may bother some of you because it's my audience, (laughs) but I got to be honest, Bernie Sanders. So I don't think Bernie Sanders is a winner in this debate. I don't think he's a loser. I think he maintained. So he had uh, great responses. I mean, his answer on Medicare for all talking about how people don't like their insurance companies. They like their doctors and hospitals. That is a point that must be made again and again and again. Um, his answer on Latin America was fantastic.
4: We've got to look at the root causes. And you have a situation where Honduras, among other things, is a failing state. Massive corruption. You've got gangs who are telling families that if a 10-year-old does not join that gang, that family is going to be killed. What we have got to do on day one is invite the presidents and the leadership of Central America and Mexico together. This is a hemispheric problem that we have got. to you.
2: Congressman so look, nobody has a foreign policy like Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is about peace, about finding peace and has a way to go about it. Bernie, far and away, I mean this is the kind this is what happens when you have too many people on stage. is Bernie's message will get lost because there are so many other voices there. But once the numbers start being whittled down and we hear more of Bernie in these debates, Uh, I think these kinds of points are going to hit a lot harder because of that. And you'll be able to directly contrast his positions on foreign policy with with everybody else. And as I said, nobody else comes close to him on foreign policy. So um, I'm looking forward to when that finally happens. But the reason why he's a maintainer here, and not a winner, is he... Look, it may be an intentional strategy, but he didn't really go after Biden enough on his record. He did on the Iraq War, but I'm not sure if he did anywhere else. I mean, it was, for the most part, I don't think Bernie gained support in this debate. I think if you like Bernie, you're gonna continue liking Bernie, but he didn't say anything really unique that he hasn't said before. That said-
4: I suspect people all over the country who are watching this debate are saying, these are good people, they have great ideas, but how come nothing really changes? How come for the last 45 years, wages have been stagnant for the middle class? How come we have the highest rate of childhood poverty? How come 45 million people still have student debt? How come three people own more wealth than the bottom half of America? And here is the answer. Nothing will change unless we have the guts to take on Wall Street, the insurance industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the military-industrial complex, and the fossil fuel industry. If we don't have the guts to take them on, we'll continue to have plans, we'll continue to have talk, and the rich will get richer, and everybody else will be struggling. Thank you, Senator.
2: That's what makes him stand out. You know Bernie is not bought and paid for. You know he is a fighter for the average person. He should have talked about how he is the largest donor base, the largest support base, the largest group of volunteers. I mean, you have to really communicate to people that you have this massive movement behind you otherwise you're just gonna come off like lost in the shuffle with everybody else so you have to you have to make yourself stand out by telling people that don't already know the kind of movement that you have behind you what you're fighting for and your 40year record of fighting for the things that you are fighting for and how the only people you are answering to are your individual donors are the average person so that is what he needs to um, do in 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 future debates but Look, Bernie, because he has this large support base and because a lot of them are recurring donors, he's going to be in this till the end. I mean, he's going to be a top three candidate. So, if Bernie has, you know, a, an okay performance here and there in a the debate, it's not really going to matter. He's going to be in this for the long haul. He has super dedicated supporters that will be coming out in the primaries to vote for him. So, yes, he does need to grow his support. But also his support will naturally grow the more that other candidates drop out of the race. So I'm not too worried about um, Bernie having an okay performance in a debate. Again, if it's just me, I would say he's a winner in this debate because he had by far the best uh, responses to the questions. But looking at it just in terms of the public response, I'm not sure he was able to gain more support because of this debate. All right. The last... The last person and the only winner that I have for this debate, Kamala Harris. So I have an entire video, as I said, uh, breaking down how Kamala Harris went after Biden. That's what really lifted her above and beyond to win this debate. But also, you know, apart from that, she had she was fierce. She had great answers uh, for a lot of the questions. Um, though, look, because I know more than most people, and because my audience knows more than most people you all likely saw through her. We all do. But for the average person, her performance here definitely helped her. I mean, she will absolutely see a gain in the polls after this debate because of how strong she was in this debate. But as I said in the previous video, she wasn't challenged at all by the moderators or anybody else on stage on her history. So when you have someone, like, it's it's easy to have a winner or it's easy to be the winner if nobody's going after you and your horrible record. And on top of that, if you're willing, as Kamala Harris was willing to go after the leader in the race and take him down as she did. So look, you have to give Kamala Harris uh, Kamala Harris, serious credit for going after Biden and for, for performing as well as she did. But you also, if you like Kamala Harris, you have to be honest, she was not criticized on her record. And from what I saw, she was able to skirt the rules more than anybody else. So in that exchange with Joe Biden, it was supposed to be a 30-second response, and she spoke for two minutes. I didn't see anybody else on stage get the kind of um, super fair treatment that Kamala Harris did uh, when it came to the rules. Everybody else was interrupted if they went over their time. Kamala Harris was not. So again, when you have a, a different set of rules when you're willing to go after Biden, and when nobody's willing to actually take you uh, or go after you on your uh, former history or on your history, then you're going to do well. And Kamala Harris, by far, I think, uh, came out as the obvious winner here. And as I said, will absolutely gain support from this debate.